Get the phlegm out. Get the albumin circling. The Get the albumin, albumin clear. Albumin is like uh, a f- protein. Well, it's a protein in essence, but it is uh, can be found in like eggs. It's in humans. And it it uh, stops liquids from like leaking out of your organs. Were you, so did you start like watching fl- that human uh, Netflix documentary series? That's on. No, uh, somebody told me I have low albumin as a joke at work the other day, and I had no idea what it meant. So I looked it up. Albumin. You were probably like fuming until you were able to look it up. You were just like, what the fuck does that mean yeah i was actually i wasn't fuming but i was upset you thought it had something to do with your red hair probably i did i 100 percent did that's exactly what i thought i thought that you think because i don't have enough albumin i don't have any pigmentation and now my coloring is all fucked which may or may not be the case but we are gonna go anyway We're back, everybody. What's going on? This is Underdogs, David Patrick Fleming and Jacob Eamon with you on this beautiful sort of summer day. Not quite summer yet. I think it's June 15th, 2021. We got second doses flying around the city of Toronto. The energy is starting to pick up. We got patios open. You can go into a store at a 15% capacity. The lineup to winners is halfway across the city. Blue Jays have reached their over 85% vaccinated rate. So you can see the look of misery on all their faces when the bullpen hacks up another game. And we are going to talk about all things Blue Jays as I watch Jacob have a silent conversation with Brittany. Does Brittany want to come on? Tell Brittany to come on. She's trying to find a plug or, or, or something. I don't know. She, she's like, can I have the power plug? And I'm like, no, I need that. I'm, I'm, I'm recording. Yeah, we need that. This is serious business. There's nothing funny about baseball. There's I mean, nothing funny about baseball whatsoever. I need a lot of juice to power this microphone to handle all this energy. Fury. All this vocal energy. We need a lot of coffee and a lot of vocal energy to get over the feelings we have on the Blue Jays that are ruining this hot summer day. Uh, We're going to get into the Boston series. Uh, Vladdy's hit some new level of... uh, 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 I couldn't find the word, but we all know what I'm trying to say. I want to first talk about... How exciting it is when the Blue Jays play the White Sox. Mm. I have a feeling that those are going to be the two teams that are neck and neck for years to come. They're young. They're both exciting. They both have tons of personality and in a different way. You know, the Blue Jays, I I used to think that the Blue Jays didn't really have that much of a, a personality, but their personality is actually come to the surface they just seem like they're really fun mm-hmm. positive they feel like they like each other except for maybe the Simeon and Grishik mix up Ooh, we can talk about that um, you had Alec Minot and Tim Anderson kind of jawn at each other during an at bat and it was very um, you know it wasn't like a bench clearing incident it wasn't like um, 
lit up with fire. It was like, it was controlled. And it, that to me, those secondary elements of baseball, when you can find that, like just a little another layer outside of like this great game, just hits a whole new level. You had a Bray who's staring down Romano. Uh, I love it. I, I, I love watching those two teams play each other. Not, the White Sox are obviously at this point better. Not to mention a Bray who's huge beef with the home plate umpire, just chucking wood, throwing bats at him, <laughs> smoking him in the knee. <laughs> he didn't even seem upset about it. He just took a bat off the shin or the knee, which it, it must have killed. But he just, I there don't was nothing. Know. I thought it was a little soft, to be honest. Like it, like, it was a backhand toss of the bat, like, without any sort of force. It just looks like it grazed him in the knee. I understand it's a, it's a wooden, you know, cylinder that's probably hitting a sensitive part of the knee. But to crumple on the ground like that, it looked like he was, I don't know, like... Cristiano Ronaldo rolling around in the Euros. So you thought that he was playing it up to get some sort of, I don't even know what's the umpire supposed to do. Like, here's my paycheck. Like, he, he can't change the play at the plate because he smoked Abreu in the knee. At first, that's what I but thought. And I thought I maybe also he didn't think know. That- oh, sorry, sorry. I just got a call and it messed up the timing here. Um, I thought maybe he didn't know who threw the bat at him and he might be able to, I don't know. It was like, he was, it was like someone trying to like sell a penalty or something in basketball. They think if you, if you take it and then you're like, Oh, then they'll review it and see what happened. But I was like, this doesn't exist in baseball. What are we doing here? So it probably just hurt. Yeah. I agree. I agree that it didn't make sense that he fell, but I think that if you were 10 feet behind me and I soft tossed a baseball bat and hit you in the shin, I think, I think you and me would have like, a beef for a few yeah, weeks. That's fair. I, th- I think it would hurt quite a bit. Um, we've got to... I don't really know how to... The Blue Jays win 18-4 to in Boston. And it's really exciting. They hit eight home runs. And it's... It, I love that. I love big offense. I love... You know, we have an offensive team. We don't have a team that's, you know... Th- we have a team that can likely win with their offense even when their pitching's down, you know, in theory. Not necessarily of late. Do you like watching that kind of offense? Maybe not necessarily that level of a blowout, but do you like watching the bats being all lit up like well, that? Well, I can tell you what. I love listening to it. I timed out a drive back from the cottage that's what the the, the delay in all of our episodes I've, I've been away and uh s- w- w- sunday afternoon i left the cottage we stopped at a patio or a kind of takeout place ate lunch an hour i'm getting on the road for a three-hour drive back into the city right at one o'clock turning up the radio first pitch is happening and i got i'm alone in the car i got Fan 590 blasting. I got a nice clear signal. There's no... I'm getting a clear signal on the highway. And from start to finish, it is just glorious. I, I, you know, I, again, I couldn't see it, but it was entertaining as a listen just for a drive. And it, and it basically, I, I got like the first minute or two of Blue Jays talk as I pulled into my house. I just got a glorious full game of baseball and like nonstop action. You know, I, I had a, I had an absolute blast listening to it. So 
I don't know if it would yeah. be different watching it if it's like, all right, all right, you get a bit bored, but I'm I've got so much focus on the road. I got you know maintaining uh a twenty kilometers over the speed limit perfectly. Uh oh you know, I I'm having a great drive. I'm driving like like the Blue Jays were driving the baseball that day. Oh, nice, nice. So would you say that if there was some sort of thing that pitchers could slap onto their greasy little fingers that made their hands sticky and made them manipulate the ball and made it move more and spin more, and it took away from the offense of the game, would you would you be into that? No. Would you think that that's fair? I would not think that was fair. I'm not into it in any way. I think it's the, like, it's anyone who thinks that it's, good or that it isn't an issue or that things are going to be fine if we don't pursue getting out of the game is uh, personally i think it's it's criminal to 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 have that kind of idea like why why would you want that Uh, and and yeah I'm, i'm talking a little bit specifically about you arden's well and saying that you like the strikeouts you like yeah okay I like I like them corking up the bats. I like them like like what are we oh, talking about? Just an unfair advantage that just didn't exist until we created a new substance. It's in it's preposterous. I want to see the yeah, I like strikeouts. I like I like a you know, bring back Nolan Ryan or something and strike strikeout after strikeout after strikeout because he's the man and he's a legendary pitcher and like I want more of those. I don't want I want Tyler Chatwood's out of the game. I don't want these guys who suck or who 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 have no business being like electric strikeout relievers from beginning to end, like destroying offense. It doesn't. It's it's not fun. I want offense. I want offensive juggernaut guys to go off on these guys and to have exciting ends of games. Once you get the elite guys who are elite for a reason and that's why they're still starting pitchers i want once you get them out of the game i want things to get a little bit wild i want offenses to start erupting and to have exciting finishes the games not uh, yeah I, i think that's well said i mean look when trevor bauer throws a slider and he's on it's sexy that pitch moves in a way that makes it not even look real and it's fun to see that but the cost of that being what you're saying that these pitchers are at this kind of unfair advantage and it's taking away from the offense of the game. Like you think about what the pitchers already have against the hitter. Mm -hmm. They're higher than them. They're raised up. They can just launch the ball down. The MLB for some unknown reason has deadened the ball (laughs) and they, you know, they want more offense, but yet they've deadened the ball for some reason. And these guys are throwing like a hundred miles an hour. And the, so if anybody doesn't know this uh, substance is called spider wax and what it was, it was invented for uh, strong men competitions for them to get better grip on like Atlas stones. And it's completely legal substance in strong men competition, but pitchers have been using it for, I don't know how long, I don't know, a while. And it's changing the uh, spin rates of the ball. So it's creating a lot more movement. The jury's a little bit out on if it helps with velocity, but it definitely helps with movement to an astonishing degree. And like Jacob's saying, you get these pitchers who were nobodies who are all of a sudden like the next year, it's like, oh, now they're amazing. Oh, now they're sub two ERA. And 
you know, you could say, okay, well, if you guys get, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's sexy to see Trevor Bauer throw these sliders. Well, well, why don't we cork a bat and see how far Vladdy can hit the ball? You know, why don't we cork all the Blue Jays bats and we see what an 18-4 game but really even looks still, like. that doesn't feel like it evens it up to me because like already, like when guys can hit it, they launch it. The problem is, is that guys can't hit it yeah. enough anymore. That that the strikeouts are happening, where the whiffs are happening. So even if you have the cork bat, like how much, how much further can Bo Bichette hit and Vladdy Guerrero hit it out of Fenway Park and onto the street? It, like at some point, it's like four four sixty versus five hundred. I don't. It doesn't matter. Well, it's not that. To me, it's not that. To me, it changes a lazy fly ball to left into right. a home run. Yeah. And it changes like something 15 feet from the warning track. I don't like that either. Dinger. I hate that. In fact, I don't like, I don't like anything that makes you feel like what you're, it's like when you, um, I don't know, like when one of those leagues came out, that was like the XFL, we're going to play NFL on a trampoline <laughs> or no NBA. It was like an NBA league where they played basketball on trampolines. So it was like watching NBA jam and people like dunking and you're like, okay, yeah, that's fun, but it's not. Yes. The sport. It's it's a bastardization of the sport and it and it changes it. And I don't want and, and look, and I'll say this now. If it all comes out and they say Ryu uses spider wax, he's gone. Uh, Robbie Ray uses spider wax, he's gone. Uh, Jordan Romano uses spider wax, he's gone. I'll eat it. I don't care. I want them gone. I want the spider wax out of the league because I want to see what hitters are capable of with human skills without <laughs> spider wax. I want to see how the, the, since they've, the, so the MLB has just come out today saying anybody caught using this as a 10 game ban. And they were showing some of the stats for this. And since uh, the spider wax has, you know, been told or any kind of illegal substances, whatever, I'm sure people use other things, uh, has been uh, brought to the surface Spin rates are now down. Batting averages throughout the league has jumped 10 points. You know, it's not massive, but 10 points, um, you know, in just two weeks of baseball to make up for all of the other weeks that were already played is significant. Now you could say, well, players are heating up, players are getting more healthy, whatever, but it's still significant and it's fairly telling to, uh, to what's going on. So, yeah, get yeah, it yeah, out yeah. of the league. And I think it's only going to continue. I think the results as we get a bigger sample size, as games start to become more meaningful, as pitchers' heart rates start going up when they realize they don't have the crutches they've been leaning on and they're in an intense moment, Vladimir Guerrero's up and he could tie the game. You know, like these things are going to start happening more and more. And uh, I, I, I really think it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the game and for the, for the better. And, and like, yeah, I... I don't know what else to say about it, but I, I'm just looking forward to seeing how well, how it how it filters out some of these guys. Well, then let's talk about that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and this fucking tear that he is on. And I know for me, and I feel like I've said this before, I always feel uh, I get really excited when Vladdy's doing this because I'm, I'm like, this is everything I've ever wanted. He's the best player in baseball. 
he's the best, one of the best offensive players I've ever seen this year. He's, he's doing things at an, an incredible level. He barrels balls up and hits them as hard as anybody in the league, but he also has incredible bat to ball skills. Uh, he's, he's batting almost 350 right now. He's got 22 home runs. He's on pace for 58 home runs. <laughs> um, it's insane. And so but then he keeps going, but then he shows that now he's going into a different level. He's actually hotter now than he was before when he was already the best hitter in baseball. Now he's even yep. more. And there's people that say, oh, well, he was only hitting well in Dunedin and, and he his home in uh, way splits. Or, well, he just fucking raked yeah. at Fenway Park. <laughs> and there's people that were saying on uh, the fan that he's not clutch. And, you know, his numbers uh, for being clutch were down. Well, that was a pretty clutch dinger last night. And that burns to, to throw that game away the way that they, the way that they did. Um, what did you think of Dolis coming in in the in the ninth inning last night? We need more guys. We need more guys. <laughs> I mean, okay, but there's a guy named Jordan Romano. What what would you have thought of? Like, would you have brought would you have brought Romano in? Because I assumed that there was something fucked with his forearm because he had a forearm tightness earlier in the week or last week. And, uh, you know, so I was like, maybe, oh, maybe he's not available. But then after the game, Montoyo says that he was holding Romano for getting the lead. I, I don't, I mean, yeah, it would have been probably good if Romano came in, but I need a guy to hold. I need more than one guy. And like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Romano's been, been pretty good. He's been better of late, but like, I still like... I wouldn't have felt like the most confident guy in the world, even Romano coming in in, in that spot. Like, I feel like we need, I need someone better than Romano on this team. I agree. But I'll, and also I'll say to, to people that think that Romano should have come in in the ninth. Okay. So let's say Romano comes into the ninth and let's say that he does everything that you wanted him to do, shuts down the Red Sox, and then you go into the top of the 10th and you take the lead 2 1. Well, Dolis mm-hmm. is still coming in. You know, he's, he's going to get his moment to, to shit all over the field at some point. And then, if and, then and then it's the tweets like, we, why can't Romano do more than one inning? You know, it, it, only t- it only took him 18 pitches to get out of that inning. We need, at some point, they got to push these guys a bit further and he's got to be able to do a, a two-inning save. Well, he's not doing that and his forearm's tight. Mm-hmm. So, you know... It's, I don't know what they're supposed to do. There's a there's a book, right? And obviously, you can you can throw it out at some point, but the at the uh, the road team, you don't bring in your closer for a tie. You uh, you know uh, in the ninth. That's that's sort of the <laughs> the way that we expect things to go. And you hopefully you bring in your setup guy, and he can just hold. He can just hold one one. Yeah, it's the meat of the order. But like I I can't really fault. Uh, Charlie Montoya. I get that we lost without putting our best guy in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I just need a guy who can, who can not get let in a run. What when the when the game is, is in the balance more than one. And you know, and Dolis did come in to face the gauntlet of the Red Sox. He was in there for you know Devers, Bogarts, Martinez, Verdugo. Um. So there is something to be said that, you know, you put Romano in for that part of the order and then you try to let Dolis deal with the bottom of the order. But then another question really is how confident are you? Because say you put in Romano and then up for the Blue Jays was going to be Grishik, Telez, and Guriel. 
Not that, you know, any one of those guys could walk the game or not, not walk it off there on the road, but any one of those guys could hit a home run, but it's not like your guys. Mm-hmm. It's not the top of the order. If it was the top of the order, I would say put Romano in and try to just, cause you're going to have a guy on second in the 10th inning. And I would take my chances on Simeon, Bichette or Guerrero driving that run in, mm-hmm. but it's different with, you know, Grishik, Grishik having a great year, Grishik, Guriel and Telez. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm really hanging on to the edge of a cliff with my fingernails digging into the dirt with Telez. Yeah. Yeah. I, get I, know, it. I know you love Rowdy. I know you love Rowdy. I mean, I love his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got, a, he's got a great name. And he has a lot of potential for that, you know, when the stadium opens up again, you know, let's get Rowdy. Woo, and, you know, but uh, it's not going to work if it's, Let's uh, strike out every second time around. You know who was great, though, also last night? How about Mr. Piamps? He's become, like, one of the guys I have the most confidence in. And, and I would say I even have more confidence in Castro at this point than Dolis. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. There's also, like, uh, I don't know, every time Piamps comes in, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy. I feel like I don't remember the last time I saw him. And then he comes in, I'm like, oh, he's, he seems pretty good. And then he came in, he came out for a second inning too, and he was just like uh, holding down the fort, looking pretty good. Yeah, he sort of falls into that like neutral world for me. When I hear he's coming in, I'm like, oh, whatever. And because they're the names like Chatwood send like rage up your spine, and even Dolise of late is kind of doing that. But then you hear Romano, and you at least feel like somewhat good about it. And I'll say like I can't remember what series it was. It was it was I think the series right before this against the White Sox and Castro came in, and he his slider oh yeah was amazing and wasn't and he, he throwing, throwing like hundred or something yeah it was crazy he was throwing ninety eight <laughs> and I was just like I guess the the difference between uh, being like elite or even being really good is is I mean it's a it's gonna be consistency being able to go out and just do that but it's such a mental thing as well. Because he probably just isn't mentally equipped for the high leverage. Yeah. I don't know. He used to be a starter. He was a starter for the Tigers. And now he just, you know, he went into the bullpen. But I don't know. Maybe he has spider wax all over his fingers. I have no idea. Perhaps. But uh, there was... uh, I don't know. What do you think about Chatwood and the... uh, So Chatwood was one of the players that was named as uh, being a purchaser of the spider wax. And it would make sense that... Maybe he was good when he was using spider wax and now he's no good. Do you think there's anything to that? Or do you think he's just, you know, I mean, it's not like he's Tyler Chatwood. Well, I, to me, I, I get confused because I'm like, what is this special tack? And like, how does it, how did it, how did it make him throw strikes so well? You know, like I understand it that it just be a, a mental thing. You mean? Yeah, mental thing, yeah. Like, you know, when, like, half of steroids, I remember hearing players talk about it saying that being on steroids gives you this confidence, and, and that's actually more valuable than any of the strength and uh, that it gives you. Is that <laughs> sounds the like feeling of knowing you're on. Sounds like something someone on steroids would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say this. Uh, I don't know if I've ever said this on here before. When I was uh, 19, I did steroids. And it is a legit thing that it ramps your confidence up there. Like your ego explodes 
and you've got all this testosterone surging through you and you feel super confident, which I can imagine uh, being a baseball player and it being such a mental game and confidence is so valuable that that would actually be a thing. Now, this is being said by somebody who was on steroids. Yes. So also makes your point. <laughs> uh, how about, uh, how about Georgie boy? Georgie boy has started. Oh, how did I not mention this? Fuck. I'm gonna punch myself in the sack. We're still uh, we're still recording, man. <laughs> we're just we're just moving through this. <laughs> oh, oh, but I just did it. Oh. Uh, Georgie boy started his rehab assignment today. So, I mean, I forgot he was alive, but apparently he is in. Where is uh? Where are the Bison's playing? Rochester. Yeah, I believe. Rochester. Well, let's just say Rochester. Yeah. Make everyone else Google. Make everyone else Google it. Uh, so, I mean, how many, I, I'm not going to believe anything until I see him because I just feel like it's going to be like when Springer played tonight in Rochester and he had a mild setback <laughs> and then we're just not going to see him. So I need to, cause he was doing sprints. They, they were really good at showing us really short clips of him sprinting through the outfield. And then the coaches coming up and giving him gestures like, good job. You're looking really great. And I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with his leg, but I know he's been gone forever. Like it'll be three months that he won't have played for the Blue Jays probably by the time that we see him. Like close to three months. Well, he's gonna he's gonna he's not even DHing tonight. He's playing five innings in the outfield tonight. Theoretically, he'll probably play seven tomorrow night, nine after that, and then bop 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 bop, get on a plane, meet us perhaps in Baltimore. I don't know. You know what? You know what I thought would be really cool gesture for Springer. What's that? Springer comes. Springer comes in. He does his little rehab stint, uh, and then he comes into the clubhouse. He's going to play that night for the Jays, and he says, "Guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to earn getting back into the leadoff spot. You hit me sixth, and I'm going to earn it." And because you guys deserve to be there, everybody at the top of this order deserves to be hitting where they're hitting, but competition's on. Let's go. I'm going to fight my way back to the top. Try to out hit me. That sounds like fun. I, I thought yeah. you were going to say, guys, I'm going to buy us a reliever. <laughs> I'm going to donate... $2 million from my salary this year. I'm going to pay it towards getting us an a elite reliever. Let's go out on the market. Let's buy someone out. Or guys, everybody look at the corner over there. That's part of my quadricep muscle. <laughs> I can never play baseball again. <laughs> so you still think uh, he shouldn't hit first. You, you want him to earn it. Uh, I, you know, it's not the biggest deal, but uh, I would like that. I, I think that would be a cool gesture for a leader of a team to do. And uh, it would show a lot of respect to all the other guys at the top. That being said, I can also create an argument that, you know, Bichette could hit lower in the order. I don't, I don't know. Bichette, well, Bichette well, heard, so, okay, so Bichette Vlad, heard Vlad, the news. Vlad, you hit seventh. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Well, this is what I'm saying. Hey. This Someone's is what I'm saying. By, I'm I'm launching at the, the hardest hit home run. Like 
uh, of my career. I'm, I'm going to smash everything. He's been on fire. Simeon, Bichette, Guerrero are all hitting at a George Springer or George Springer plus level. Mm-hmm. So even if George Springer is George Springer, you could create an argument. Now, I know he makes $160 million and he's like going to be like one of the faces of your team. However, you could create an argument that even if he's George Springer, he could hit down in the order. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, you're talking about guys, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I'm I'm feeling like that you're talking about comparing some of these guys' bests, their hottest streaks in their entire career versus George Springer's averages through his career and it's well, not necessarily. I mean, uh, Vladdy's hitting way better than George Springer's ever hit in his life, and he probably um, will continue to do that for the rest of eternity. Yeah, and Simeon is. I mean, it, it, let's just say Simeon's hot and he'll drop. Well, let him drop first. Let him be as hot. If he, hey man, if he's going to continue on this cliff, keep him there. And now, if Bichette's ascending and he's going to get on one of his like classic hot streaks. Uh, well, I, I mean, his numbers of late are better than George Springer's uh, typical numbers. I'm sure George Springer, when he gets hot, has crazy numbers too. But get him hot first. Yeah. Well, from what we saw, it doesn't take him long to get. <laughs> it doesn't take him long. He played four games for this team and looked incredible. Do you think when George Springer hit those two home runs, in that game that he had spider wax on his fingers? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do too. You could see him I trying to get the bat out of his hand. He couldn't, couldn't get it out. That's why he hasn't been playing. They had to cut the skin off of his hands to get the spider wax off because he couldn't live a normal life. And now they've been waiting for the skin on his hands to grow back and they've been playing it off like a leg injury. They were like, when you run down to first, just grab your leg. It's it's a curious it's such a like a mental exercise to try and weigh the pros and the cons of who to move down. Because on one hand I'm like, just move everybody down and then I'm like, ah, Vlad not guaranteed first inning at bat makes me feel a bit queasy. But then at the same time I'm like, how 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 likely, how many innings are going to go by where George Springer, Marcus Simeon, and Bo Bichette can't, one of them can't get on base? Well, I think typically, like, if you were to, like, you know, start any inning with those three guys, yeah, like, there would be a good shot that somebody gets on. But I think the first inning is always a different thing. Now, I'm sure there's numbers for this that I could look up, but nah, not gonna. But I think the first inning is always like, you know, you're trying to feel out the pitcher if you've never seen him before, if you have seen him, what's he got that night. And I feel like there'll be a lot of top of the seconds where Vladdy's leading off or bottom of the seconds, whatever. Yeah, that's that's fair. And then and then my other question is. Profile wise, what what happens to Bo Bichette's bat if he's in the cleanup, if we move everybody up, but we just swap Bo and and vladdy and we guarantee vladdy hitting third stay where he is and we we just bump down from there and put teoscar so so just to be clear you're saying simeon guerrero no you're saying wait what are you saying you're saying saying george second yeah bo vladdy 
uh, uh, no, George, Marcus, Vladdy, Bo, Teo. So it puts it puts still Vladdy's hitting third, Marcus Simeon hits second, but you put Bo into the cleanup spot instead of Teoscar, who's now in fifth. I, I, it's I mean it could work. I mean yeah, it sounds great. That's a great top five hitters. It's a great <laughs> top five hitters right now. It, it, I I can't imagine ego doesn't come into play when when these discussions are are happening. You know. Um. Yeah, exactly, and that's I why I think this. like if if ego does come into play, Teoscar Hernandez is he's got the least ego uh, of any of those those guys from first glance. So, to, so we think, yeah, from first glance for sure. He seems like the most affable, kind of sweet, hey, Sportnet kind of guy you've ever you've ever come across. Yeah, it. But then there's this whole thing about. And I know that this is anti-analytics and anti-like winning ball games necessarily, but if Simeon's not a Blue Jay next year, he seems like the guy you can shift around more. Well, and I know that that. Why don't we ensure Simeon's a freaking Blue Jay next year? <laughs> Why don't, we, why don't we do some I stuff to make that feeling, happen? man? I just get this. I get this feeling that he's going to free agency, like that he's like he's just trying to get paid. Like I just get this feeling from him, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But I just feel like, and it's not that I'm saying he's not like a team player, and he's not about winning, and he's not about you know being a Blue Jay. But he doesn't feel as much of the um the group for some reason maybe that's my fear maybe i'm just scared that he's doesn't want to be here or that he's going to leave or something maybe that's like a classic toronto mentality but i just think that he's not a blue jay next year mm. well i mean moving him down in the bot batting order treating him like he's already gone i feel like that's those are, those are the first steps to ensuring that he's not here next year to me that's that's my thinking but isn't that how you protect your heart you know, you hurt them before they hurt you. I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't play that way. I don't, I don't protect the heart, man. And, I, and again, I also like, he's the second best hitter on the team right now. I don't, I, I don't know what, what other yeah. reason to, to yeah. mess with that is. Which is why this scenario of George coming in and saying, I'm going to earn my spot is so ideal because it, it allows him to take on the burden and it doesn't shift the burden to any undeserving other player who isn't making $160 million a year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's also fine. Um, but in, in my ideal scenario, he's still starting at fifth. There's no way he's hitting sixth. Well, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, was, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to out earn Grichik to me. Yeah, that's true. Like, Grishik should be just so happy that Springer was injured this whole time so that he got a little bit more comfortable and was able to get off to this start yeah. that he had. Grishik should be able to hit anywhere they tell him to. Uh, love seeing Biggio come back and hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. Love seeing some pop in Cavan Biggio's That's what bat. I was thinking about, um, too. Hitting a dinger, getting some doubles. Still looks like hot shit in the infield, though. Um. I found that frustrating all of a sudden. I was like, oh, yeah, this thing I hate, the way he catches and throws the ball. But, man, 
Guriel starting to hit, Biggio starting to hit. You just don't need Telez right now. And he's not, it's not working. What, what do you make of Riley Adams so far? Got any, got any read I mean, on him? What I make of him is just like the, the aesthetic of him. Six, four, big, looks like serious. I like that somebody was mentioning that he's like a black belt. So that to me would mean that he, he can handle uh, focus, stress. Um, you know, he he's, mm-hmm. has some power. Um, you know, still not somebody that I feel confident in when he's at the plate, but you know, I, I haven't felt confident really of any catcher for the Blue Jays being at the plate all year. What what do you think of him? Yeah, I kind of get the sense that he needs like I don't know thirty games in a row. You know, I just feel like that kind of, you know, he's 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 young. He's just got called up, and to like come up and not play regularly uh, uh, not playing multiple games in a row i feel like that's got to be really hard <laughs> and pitching is so much better and it just feels like he's not really given a chance to fully show what he can do and i get it that's the way it works in the big leagues and he's got to he's got to be a lot better i guess in the minor leagues to earn that but uh i we, what i will say though is that i don't know reese mcguire to me seems seems really like there's been so much talk about how great Danny Jansen is defensively for years now and that you know how hard he works Reese McGuire looks just as good if not better to me more comfortable like I like his little like sneaky moves the kind of clever things that he'll try and see if he can you know fake out a runner if he can th- fake a throw and like move things around he just seems like so agile quick and like uh crafty behind the plate I feel like the catcher's like throwing to him. Um, I just feel like it, that was always the thing with him, right? When he was coming up, it was like Danny Jansen's our offensive uh, bat catcher, and uh, he kind of did a ton of work and like built up his defense rep. And but Reese McGuire was always the guy who was like, "This is the defense first catcher. He's he's the kind of great behind the plate, great." Uh, defensive metrics, all of this, and like I feel like I'm seeing that, and he's like I feel like he's not a black hole, like he's not great at the plate hitting, but I, uh, I don't know, I feel like he, I feel like he's fine until he's, until Kirk and Moreno come. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's a little like much ado about nothing because you know uh, Riley Adams, Reese McGuire, Danny Jansen, none of them have really. Um, fully stepped out on and, and, and risen top of one another. They're all sort of, you know, capable at certain things, you know, but then when Kirk comes back, you would imagine they're going to give him a lot of shots to try to get his bat hot. But then you've got Gabriel Marino, who's in double a, who's raking right now. He's like, mm-hmm. I think he's got over a thousand OPS batting like three thirty. He's hitting balls off of hotels, which apparently had only ever been done by Vladdy. And, and so I, I don't know if they're going to try to like expedite that process and get him up to triple a soon and then see uh, how he reacts to that. But it, it does feel, and I mean, things can change because he might be horrific at triple a who knows, but it does feel like this spot will eventually be his. Yep, for sure. It's a matter of how fast and the way things have been moving on this team. I feel like <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if he's up here in September or if he's up here in July. 
to be honest, you know, like let's let's see what he's got in AAA. How how much more how how many more hits do you have to have in Double A before you get to earn AAA? I don't know. Yeah. Do you remember in the off season when Liam Hendricks was rumored to be at the Blue Jays uh, compound and uh, we were thinking that we might get him as a closer and then the White Sox offered him that crazy deal with like so much money, like it seemed insane. Yes. I would do that deal in a second now. And if we yeah. could have Liam Hendricks, oh my God, that seems like good money right now. Totally, totally. I got, I got, I got one last question here for you. We uh, somehow... Somehow Steven Matz has COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I forgot to bring that up. And I don't get how nobody else has it. He's been in the dugout the whole time. He has COVID and no, everyone else was negative. I guess it's all the well, vaccines, but I don't know. As you can tell now, uh, we've reached our 85% threshold. There was no announcement of that. They don't seem to uh, announce any of that or say who's done it. But you can tell when we're... Uh, in Chicago and or where where were we we were somewhere and we didn't have to wear masks and the other team was wearing masks in the dugout their coaches um so we've obviously reached the threshold where we don't have to wear masks um but I guess I guess Stephen Matz decided not to get be one of that 85 percent of the team to get the vaccine or you know there have been there have been players there was a manager in New York who had his second dose fully vaccinated somehow still got COVID it can happen, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's got he, COVID. He may have had just one dose. We don't know. <clears throat> My um, thought was that he was going on, like he got his second dose and felt like crap after he waited, waited until his start and got it like the day after felt like crap and was thrown up. So they put him on the COVID list and had, was going to be back in two days when he felt better after the vaccine. But sure enough, he's, he's got it, but his spot is presumably going to be open uh, his next time through the rotation, you would think that he's going to need probably at least two weeks. I think they said um, 10 days. It's an automatic 10 days from the time you test positive. So he's asymptomatic. So he has no symptoms. So I think you can assume for sure that he'll be back in 10 days. But 10 days is two starts. So depending mm -hmm. on when he tested positive, we don't really know. So what do you think? We've got options like TJ Zoic. We've got Bleh. Anthony A. Bleh. We've got, I suppose you could do some sort of opener or earthworm type of plan Blech. with uh, Trent Trent Thornton. You also have a guy named uh, Nathaniel or Nathan, maybe. Maybe it's just Nate. I don't know what's on his birth card, uh, but last name Pearson. What do, you, what do you think we could do here for uh, a start while Matt's is out with the, with the vid? I haven't uh, seen the stats on Pearson's last few outings in Buffalo, but I mean, yeah, I, I think I, if there was a better option, absolutely, I would take the better option. But what you just listed there were not better options, in my opinion. Um, I, I just can't imagine that Nate Pearson is going to come up and be as horrible as he was in Houston. I can't imagine that he's going to come up and walk everybody and be purple in the face, staring up to God, asking why, why, why could this have happened to me? I just think he's going to be more special than that. I think that his his path to um, being a great starting pitcher is just a little bit, the road's a little bit jagged, but I do think that he'll at least be more serviceable than that, which is all that you could really, like any of those pitchers, Zoic, K, Worm, 
they like all you can hope for is for them to like get you through to some degree where you hope that your bats can win you the game. But at least Pearson has that upside of potentially, you know, in some crazy world being a, a shutdown uh, pitcher. Now they're going to go play the Yankees right now. But then after that, it's like a garbage fire for like 20 days. It's like Orioles, Tigers, let, let Pearson come up and face one of those teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. like, I mean, not that the Orioles have some like all-stars on their team, like arguably, um, but yeah. other than that, it's basically like playing against a AAA team, which is what he's doing right now. The Yankees also have one of the worst offenses in baseball right now, yeah. <laughs> or at least in the American League. So even bringing them up against them, you know, I get that, especially for a mental issue, if that's what you're struggling with, it doesn't really matter how poorly the Yankees are playing when you have Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton or, you know, Clint Frazier even, like, getting in your head about what they might do to the baseball, despite whatever they're hitting. I mean, Aaron Judge is still going to be an all-star. He's still having a, a good season. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm with you. I might, uh, I might bring him up, and I think that maybe having Manoa here already, seeing what's ahead of him, seeing what's passed him by, um, maybe, maybe he's got a new fire under him. Maybe he's, I, I also know that I, I don't, I can't remember the line, but I think he, I think his last outing was the first kind of decent one that he's had in triple, triple A went six innings, had a, had some strikeouts, maybe one earned run or maybe no earned run. Uh, I, I don't know. It seems, seems better than, like you said, than what we've, what else we've got, but maybe feeling- they don't want to rush it. I'm feeling pretty good with Ryu, Ray, and Manoa right now. And I feel like Manoa, you know, he's had a couple, like, what was he, his fourth start last night? And he's had, like, three serve, like three pretty good starts and one really bad start. But it feels like even when he's really good, like, he's not fully hitting the level that he's capable of. Like, he never really looks like he's, for some reason, like, he's one of those guys that you can't necessarily tell why hitters are struggling against him because he's not he's not he's throwing like 93 to 95 for the most part sometimes his slider looks good and sometimes it doesn't uh, sometimes his changeup looks good and sometimes it doesn't but he gets through innings and so if he can get through when he's not fully at his best that that says a lot because that's something pearson can't do pearson can't get through innings when he's not at his best true true but we also like i feel like we haven't seen it we've only seen pearson at his best and at his worst we haven't just seen like serviceable like just being a regular dude pitching (laughs) like it's either it's all or nothing with pearson i don't remember seeing pearson at his best i mean maybe when he came out of the bullpen maybe his major league debut he was pretty good but we've never really seen that we've never really seen like you know how we always used to say we haven't seen vladdy be vladdy and then like he would get sort of hot last year and we'd be like, this is Vladdy, I guess. Yeah. But there was always a part of it. You're like, this isn't quite, this isn't quite Vladdy. I feel like that's the same thing with Pearson. Like there might come a time when we actually see why everyone was so excited about him. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Cause that's what we're seeing with Vladdy. Now we're seeing like this, this whole new level of baseball that we haven't really experienced that maybe Pearson's capable of something in that world. Yeah. Because we never see him come up here and be lights out a hundred. True. Well, 
I, I just think back to that one that one incredible strikeout. It, his his major league debut, Trey oh, yeah. Turner, he struck yeah. him out like at the knees, one hundred or one oh one on, on the, the outside, outside corner. Black, yeah. It's just like uh, no one was ever hitting that Trey Turner was just like hats off to that man. I'm uh, <laughs> heading back and you enjoy. <laughs> yeah but but i'm thinking too like because it's matt's just on the injured list on COVID 19 there's a timeline it's like you come up here you're gonna pitch for us and you're probably gonna go back down when matt's is healthy again unless you do something special you can maybe knock stripling out of here and we can stripling's been great you have to do pretty good to get him out of the air but uh you know, I think that it, it might be a little bit less pressure rather than being like, we're expecting you to be our uh, number two here. Uh, lights out for the whole season, win rookie of the year and all that. So yeah. I don't know. Can he, I never know how that works. Um, how many games you have to pitch to still be qualified for rookie of the year? Like if Pierce, cause he pitched last year. Or did he not pitch enough to that he's still is he still capable? I mean, he's not getting rookie of the year. Let's just say that right now. He's there's no way he's getting it. But could he get it? I don't know. I would I would think so though. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much he pitched last year. All righty. Well, let's wrap things up here. The Jays are going back to Buffalo. Oh, that'll be interesting. We'll get to see what the Yankee fan situation is like in Buffalo tonight as the uh, Blue Jays play the Yankees at home in Buffalo, New York. Uh, there might be some fights in the stands. That would be interesting, actually. Exciting. Uh, but we will be back. I don't know when. Maybe later this week. Maybe weekend. But uh Whenever we feel like it. Yeah, don't tell us what to do. <laughs> All right.